Good morning. This Easter is different than any of the Easter's that we've ever done before. Uh, Easter egg hunts and the community events, they're all canceled. We know that restaurants, they've closed down their dining areas and churches uh, like us, we are online and we're not able to meet together as a congregation. And we're doing the best we can to provide the best online worship experience, but we also know it's not the best way. And we realize that we miss a real aspect of it. And, and us preachers, we like Easter Sunday because there's more of an excitement. There's, it's very uplifting. The singing's a little better. Uh, the crowds are, are bigger. But one thing has not changed regardless of what's happening outside of these walls. And that is that Jesus is still risen from the tomb and he's still sitting at the right hand of God. And his promise and our hope is still true that he's coming again. And he is going to free his creation from all deadly viruses and decays and disruptions that we may have. But what do we do until that time? I really believe of all the gospels, Mark shows us as much as anyone. We've mentioned this before in the study of the Gospels, and, and that is each one has their own style of writing. The, each one in their writing, they're trying to show us something. They're trying to, to make these, give their points across and their perspective as these things go. And I think the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus is one of the greatest examples that we see of this as well. Today, on Easter Sunday, most preachers are probably not going to take you to the Gospel of Mark. And it's not that they don't like Mark. It's just that Mark ends abruptly. I believe it's intentional, and we'll talk more about that intentionality uh, at the end. But today, we return where we left off. Last week, we saw Jesus dies on the cross and the veil of the temple is torn from top to bottom. We now have access into the very presence of God. The centurion at the cross, he confesses that Jesus was the son of God. And so today, as we, we move back, we're still at the cross to pick up this one little section before we move forward and get to the resurrection. So we're going to begin this morning in Mark chapter 15, and we're going to be reading the first couple of verses here, verses 40 and 41. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. And when he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. These women that are named, they are the prime witnesses of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This is the reason I didn't end with these two verses last week when Jesus dies on the cross, because Mark is beginning a new little section here with these women and uh, it's, it's another one of what we've talked about before, Mark's sandwiches. Mark has these sandwiches throughout, and it's actually a literary uh, technique. It's, it's known as interpretive intercalation. And it's when you take a narrative 
and you squeeze it in between another narrative and it becomes a sandwich. And so in our sandwich that Mark is like the last one he gives us, we see here with the women at Jesus's tomb. And then we're going to talk about Joseph of Arimathea before Pilate. And then we're going to come back and we're going to see these women at the tomb of Christ uh, rather than uh, at the crucifixion. And later we're going to know what Mark is trying to convey by, by doing this sandwich the way he does. But right now what I want you to see is that these women love Jesus and that they're there when others and just about everybody else has left. And something is said about them that is only said of the angels in Mark and one other woman, and that is they ministered to Jesus. And, and I think this is absolutely a beautiful thing that we see with these women as they're looking on at the crucifixion from a distance. Let's move on now to the burial and let's read verses 42 through 47. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before Sabbath or the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself, looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse of Joseph. And Joseph brought a linen and taking him down, wrapped him in that linen and laid him in the tomb that had been cut out of the rock. He rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary of the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Okay. So Joseph of Arimathea, he is a member of the council, which is the Sanhedrin. This is meant to shock us. This is the council that had condemned Jesus by saying he was he had blasphemed. They're the ones who goes to Pilate and they use their influence to have Pilate crucify Jesus. And he is risking everything here by going to Pilate and asking for the body of Jesus. He has just been crucified for treason, according to the Roman Empire. And he could be looked at as a sympathizer. The same thing could have happened to him. And that's why what it says here, Mark tells us that he took courage, that he was very courageous. So here Mark says that Joseph was a courageous person, but it also says something else. It also says he was looking for the kingdom of God. Every pious Jew prayed for the, the coming of God's kingdom, but not all of them saw it the same way. And when Mark refers to the kingdom of God, he's making this connection with the mission of Jesus. So this man was looking and awaiting the kingdom of God as through the mission of Jesus. And I think that's important. Now, once again, we see the women are here and they, they can give testimony to the fact of where Jesus was buried. Uh, if you were to go to the traditional site in Jerusalem where Jesus is buried, it is at the church of the Holy Sepulcher. 
It is the same traditional site for the uh, crucifixion and where it is found. It's all on this rock formation that is underneath that church. Don't know if that's the exact site, but if you were to go there and you were to say, where was Jesus laid? That's where they're, they're probably going to take you. But we're not interested in Jesus being in a tomb. We're, we're interested in what's coming next. And so now we move into chapter 16, and we're going to read these next eight verses. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as I told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The women are back. And their names are mentioned a third time. And if you know anything about Mark's gospel and how he writes, this is very, very unusual. There is an emphasis that is being played here. In that day and time, Judaism they did not allow for the testimony of women. And yet we see, as often, God turns things on its head as how society looks at it. And what's discounted by a worldly society is the very first thing that is counted in the divine society. And it just shows how, how God sees things. But <clears throat> let's not get the idea that these women have come to see the resurrection. Um, they are distraught. In fact, they have been so distraught, they had forgotten to ask some men to move the stone so that they can get in there and to anoint Jesus' body with these, these spices. Um, and when they get there and they see that the stone is rolled away, none of them say, I bet Jesus is alive. You know, we just, we don't see that. They are there because they believe Jesus is dead. He's going to stay dead and they've brought spices. And that was something that the Jews did more out of devotion than anything else. But Jesus isn't there. And we also realize that, you know, they're bringing spices a few days after his death, which normally they would do this anointing the day of the burial. But because of if you, we could go back and look, there's time things that are happening. They didn't have time. But that's okay, too, if you go back in chapter 14, because that's where we learn of the woman who has uh, come and she anointed Jesus's body for burial while he was still alive, when she pours that costly perfume over him. But as we said, Jesus isn't there. But what they do find is this young man, and he's dressed in white inside the tomb. Uh, and he makes this amazing declaration. It's good news. And that is, he is alive. He is, he has risen. He is not here. 
And there's no doubt in my mind that this is an angelic being. And it's God's messenger. God's messenger saying that Jesus is alive. And he's also there to send these women on one more mission. They are to regather the disciples in Galilee. It is something that Jesus had prophesied back in chapter 14, verses 27 and 28. Peter is mentioned specifically, if you notice here in, in our text, because of everything that had happened back there in the chapter 14 text. And it's showing us that the death and resurrection of Jesus is not just about overcoming death and destruction. It's also about the revoking of sins. Jesus does not give up on his disciples. No matter how hard they had fallen. And Jesus doesn't give up on us. No matter how much we fail. No matter how much guilt that we experience. And there may even be some who are watching this morning. And you're kind of glad this is all on the internet because you, you may even feel ashamed to walk into a church building with a bunch of Christians. But none of us are perfect. In fact, that's one of the things we're going to learn in all of this. But here's what we do learn is that Jesus wants to regather the flock, that he's not given up on you. The response of the women is surprising. Isn't it surprising how this thing ends? You know, out of fear, this angel tells them this, and out of fear, it says they bolt out of the tent, tent, uh, out of the tomb, and then it says they don't say anything. And we come to this, and we're like, "What? What is going on here? I mean, what is this about?" Now, thanks to the other gospels, we know that the resurrection and the news did get out. Um, so it's like, well, what is Mark really trying to say here? I think for one is that resurrection doesn't magically dispel fear or turn fallible humans into these instant faithful disciples of Christ. That we need more. We need an experience with Jesus. True discipleship is seen in being courageous for Jesus. And that's where this sandwich comes in. Because we see the women, and they are contrasted with Joseph of Arimathea. And we see them, the way he sets this up is they are, they are watching from a distance at the crucifixion. They now have come, and they're afraid, they're alarmed, they're trembling. And in the middle of this, we see Joseph of Arimathea, who is courageous, they are not, Joseph doesn't watch from a distance. He moves to action. He has been awaiting the coming of the kingdom of God. And the way Mark sets this up, he sets Joseph up and what's happening there as this is what a disciple is supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be. So these women, here they are, they saw the crucifixion of Jesus. They saw his burial. They see the empty tomb. But what they really need to see is Jesus. What they truly need to see is when they leave the tomb and they go where Jesus is leading, and that's Galilee. And it's like, well, why Galilee? Because that's where it all began. 
because that's where we see the, the, the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. That's where we learn how to be a disciple of Jesus and what the kingdom of God is all about. Really, the gospel of Mark ends the way sometimes our, our television shows do. You know, you know, you get to this suspenseful part and then it says to be continued. And, and I really can almost see, you know, Mark saying to be continued, not that there's going to be Mark part two, but we now are, are supposed to enter the story. Um, Mark, it, it, some of you, in fact, probably most of you out there, you have translations and in there it'll say verses nine through 20, which is the next verse through the end. It says that those are not mentioned in the oldest um, in the oldest manuscripts, and it's true, um, the, the early church fathers, they don't seem to have any knowledge of this last part of Mark. Uh, it's, it's different, scholars tell us, from the writing, the vocabulary, the style of Mark. It's, a, it's an awkward transition from verse 8 that we just finished reading to verse 9 in this, this new section and look, we could go a whole class in talking about those things and the debates of whether or not there was a longer ending and maybe whether, you know, it was lost or maybe Mark was martyred before he would have been able to finish up um, the latter part of his gospel. But either way, here's what we know, that, that Mark's readers knew that the resurrection occurred. We, we, the other gospels tell us everything that we see in the latter part of all of this as well, which is probably how those were put in a little bit later. But look, here's what I want us to do. I want us to imagine that this is where Mark cuts it off is verse eight and ask ourselves, why does Mark <laughs> conclude in such a really undramatic way? I believe Mark is provoking the reader. He, he does this often throughout the, his gospel. And it touches on one of the problems that we, we encounter, and that's human failure. Even those who witnessed Jesus' death, burial, and empty tomb, they struggled. Just as followers of Christ, we still struggle today and in our world. And this far removed from the empty tomb. And yet Mark's gospel really is not about our failures, disciples and failing. It's really what this is about is the power of God and the power of God over our human disasters. Thankfully, the good news was not dependent upon us as humans. And so these women, here they are, and they appear more faithful than any of the chosen disciples of Jesus. Am I right? They're there. They haven't left Jesus. They're ministering to Jesus in his, in, during his ministry. And, and here they are. They're at the cross of Jesus where the others have fled. And, and they've brought these spices to show devotion to Christ. But they falter at the end. Everything depends on God, not us. And when we do succeed, and we will succeed as we go back to the beginning and can we continue back through and we see what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. But in the end, we can't do anything but give credit to God. We can't. This ending really fits how Mark begins. And Mark begins in chapter 1, verse 1, by saying, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. 
the news of Jesus' resurrection, it, it brings this, this gospel to a close. But it's, but it's not the end. And now we are to enter into the story and we're supposed to write the next chapter. And we have to ask ourselves, if we were there and we had been given this news by the angel, would we have taken it forward? Would we have been courageous like Joseph of Arimathea? Or would we be the ones who are going to run and hide and be silent? Would it have ended with us? But really, we have to ask ourselves, now we have come to this conclusion. And so it's like, what do we do? What are we now going to do with this message? You know, these kinds of people who killed Jesus, they're out in our world today. And it's a lot easier to be silent. It's a lot easier, you know, not to kind of hide your faith. And no one wants to be hated. No one wants to be persecuted. But we are to be courageous. And we're to continue to be about the kingdom of God. Jesus is the great shepherd. And he is calling us to Galilee in a metaphorical way, that is, in this regathering. He's regathering his flock so that he can lead them. And right now, our world needs a shepherd. Our world needs hope. It needs renewal. And I hope that whoever's listening, no matter if you're someone who has been considered a faithful disciple of Jesus or whether you're just someone and you've just seen us come up and you're watching now, Jesus is calling you. He's the great shepherd who loves us and laid down his life for us. And he rose again so that we have hope of eternal life, something beyond this world. And Jesus is coming, and he's going to come to that final regathering. And we are going to be brought into a place without all of these issues we see in our world and all the troubles we fear, those will all be gone. And all of that comes in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for all that you do for us. Father, any good that comes out of this, any good that comes from this church or other gatherings on this day and the good that's being done in other places, Father, we know this all comes from your goodness. Father, may you receive all the glory. And Father, we just pray for those who may be listening and their hearts are really being pricked right now. Father, just allow them to reach out, if it's not to us, to someone else, to, to talk about their faith, to talk about this Jesus. Father, we thank you that you bring us into the story and that we can be a part of everything that you have wanted and promised as the kingdom of God has now entered into our world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.